Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 141. I'm Chris and joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. Jakey! <laughs> Jakey's here. And today we will be discussing episode Jatrell. Episode Jatrell. Episodes Jatrell and Learning Curve. And then we'll be wrapping season one because it's somehow already over. Very short season. Wrapping? Mm. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. Season one and it sure was short. That's all I got. <laughs> Should have been season one and it sure is done. That rhymes. But short is what it was. And done. If you want to hear more Star Trek rapping, no. find yourself a copy of Free Enterprise, where at the end William Shatner raps uh, some Shakespeare monologue. I forget which one. That sounds excellent. Sounds terrible. Terribly oh, excellent. It sounds like it, it. It sounds like it's simultaneously both. <laughs> All right, I accept that. First up in Jatrell, they're playing pool on the holodeck, and Mr. Neelix calls a safety. And then Mr. Tuvok isn't aware that a uh, pool table he's been playing on for several minutes now has a weird tilt, so he scratches. Then Neelix gets called to the bridge, because someone's asking about him, which is strange. And it turns out it's psychotic mass murderer scientist Jatrell, who invented some kind of Omega device. What was it called? The... Metreon Cloud? Yes. Cascade? The Metreon Cascade. Which basically wiped out the vast majority of life on a Talaxian moon that Neelix's family lived on. Wait, wait, how is Neelix still here? Well, turns out he was on the planet at the time, he says, with the defense forces. But it turns out hiding from them because he didn't want to get drafted. Which, frankly, fair. Anyway, Neelix doesn't want to talk to this guy because, you know, killed a shitload of his people plus his whole family. And also, Talaxia eventually lost the war. So his homeworld was conquered by these people. You know, reasonable. But then Dr. Dude is like, apparently Neelix was part of the rescue teams that went there, so he might have uh, disease from lingering Matreon radiation. So, you know, like, please tell him I, I need to study his, his stuff. Uh, you know, and Neelix is like, fuck you, but it could help me, you know, cure your people. He's like, shit. So there's tests and recriminations and arguments and... Turns out Neelix is dying of this Metreon disease, but then again, so is Dr. Dickhead. Dr. Dickhead. And he's like, you know, if we can go to the planet and teleport a bit of the cloud, I might be able to make an antibody. Jamie's like, okie dokie. And they get there, and then it's like, actually, I'm scheming. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, what's actually going on now? And it turns out the crazy bastard thinks he can... Save the dead by using the wow. transporter to reassemble their bits and bobs because He's vaporization is basically step one of a teleporter, so. Not wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and it doesn't work, but it works more than it should have, uh, and then he immediately dies. And we stop any, look, any research into this. <laughs> yeah, and, uh fly away immediately. <laughs> Neelix, having gotten some weird advice from Kess, forgives him right before he dies. And that's uh, that's the episode. It's quite wild that in season one of Voyager, 
they give some fucking meaty substance to Neelix. Yeah. Like, I was amazed at all the different monologuing he got to do. Yeah, it also, like... Like, I, I had very vaguely recalled... Like, I mean, even when we were talking about it in Phage, where I was like, why aren't they acting like maybe just looking for other Talaxians for a transplant isn't an option... And even at the time, I was like, I think there's something up with Talax, but I don't quite remember, and I'm not going to bring it up. And, uh, yeah, so apparently they are part of some other government now, first of all, and, you know, so we don't know. I mean, there was never any warfare on the planet proper, but, yeah, maybe just dropping by and asking for a lung wouldn't have been that easy. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of people must have metremia. Well, does it? Yeah, because he admits, like, Neelix doesn't have it. It was just a ruse to... Oh, right, but he has me trained. He, but, yeah. but he, but he, like, worked with this shit a okay, lot. Okay, that's he produced, it's, Yeah, it's, it makes sense. Like, you know, like, like the like the Los Alamos guys, you know, yeah. getting, mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. radiation exposure. Or that cursed movie. What? Cursed movie? I can't think of the title right now, but it was some Western. And they, unfortunately, were filming downwind from a New Mexico testing site in, like, Ooh, the 50s. Womp womp. And so, like... Some absurdly high amount of the cast and crew eventually came down with cancer. Oh, shit. And it killed most of them. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was actually quite good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It, it sort of, you know, kind of explains a lot about Neelix. Yeah. I guess. It's like, I put on this facade because, holy shit, I have some severe survivor's guilt and PTSD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, never to be heard from again. And just, you know. Spoilers. Back to, back to his old Neelix-y self, but, yeah. But we'll know it's in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, there was the weird scene with him and Kess. Yeah, where that's he's the like, one thing. He's like, well, I'm sure glad I'm going to die before you. Oh, that. No, that was weird in a different way. Because I'll be sad when if if you died before me. That That, like, that was weird, but also felt like... It didn't feel necessarily, I mean, it was a stupid thing to say, but it didn't feel inappropriate in that, like, the kind of guy he is, like, he's like, I'm going to find the silver lining and I'm going to put my foot in it while I do. Because mm. that feels sort of like his his thing. The thing I found weird was later when she's, you know, after he's had his nightmare and he's sitting there and they're talking towards the end. And she's like, maybe you're angry at yourself. And it's like, no, look, 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 no. look. You can be mad at both. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure, yes, a lot of it is the survivor's guilt and... The, like, I dodged the draft, although, frankly, he probably was right to, uh, and all this other stuff. But, like, he can still, some of that anger can totally still be directed at Dr. Oppenheimer there. Like. For sure. Like, let's not act like this guy didn't invent a doomsday device. Mm. Oh, boy, and him. Just like, yeah, science, we do it all and let God sort it out. Like, okay, crazy person. Yeah, I was thinking about the, the draft dodging admitting scene. And just, like, how, for a little while, I was like, wow, does this does this episode really need this scene? Because there's already a lot going on between Jetril and Neelix as, as two people, you know, who've been impacted by this horrible, horrible thing in different ways. And, you know, is it possible to forgive Jetril? Is it possible for, for all, all of this to get swept under the rug somehow? And I kept thinking, like, man, this whole draft dodging thing is distracting from that. But then I slept on it, and I realized this morning, like, no, I think... I think this is the reason why it's possible for Neelix to say I forgive you on Jetril's deathbed. Mm. Whether or not he means it, which 
I think it's mostly like this is the thing he very he he needed to say in the in the moment. Yeah. And I think it's also a little bit him making it possible to forgive himself. Yeah. I think that's what that whole scene kind of ended up. Yeah. With, why that ended up working for me. Yeah. And now the sense. draft dodging thing, I'm like, yeah, no, this belongs in this episode. That was the one thing I wish we got a little more of. Was like, at first, it. Oh, well, I guess it makes sense though, because we're getting it from Neelix's point of view. And when he's first talking, it just kind of sounds like the. What was the other species called? I forget. Uh, Hakonians. Right. The Hakonians just kind of steamed in and conquered them. But then when he's talking about the draft or whatever, he's like, you know, I felt we were fighting for the wrong reasons. It's like, okay, so this. Whatever started this war, it wasn't just these people were coming in to conquer. This was some sort of mutual hatred. Well, I mean, it could have very well. I mean, for all we know, the Talaxians were the aggressors in the war. Yeah. So it was an interesting turn, though, I thought, because the way, again, it started. It sounded one way, but again, it's Neelix yeah. telling the story. And it's still Neelix later, but it's when he's, you know, being more honest. Mm. Um, also, super harsh that the penalty for draft dodging is death. Mm, I think. It's like, either go die on the field or we'll kill you. Um, damn it. <laughs> See, the penalty for draft dodging should be getting drafted. Yeah. Oh, God. You'd think, just like, you know, we found you. There you yeah, go. Yeah, no, because then you have fewer soldiers after you've killed them, killed draft dogs. Say, you know, you just you just put them in a unit that's front line that they're basically guaranteed to get killed anyway. Basically, make the fodder. Suicide Squad real. Yeah. Well, and I feel like if you draft dodge, maybe you shouldn't be able to hold office. Mmm, there's an idea. If you draft dodge, we smooth your, out your penis nose. Weird. Actually, like, here's the thing. Every, like, political draft dodger did it in a quote-unquote legal way, so... Yeah. Actually, I guess I the said thing what is... what I said. No, I know, and I get it, and it's funny, ne- but we Neelix, have to change Neelix the and his Neelix and his bone spurs. It, it they is, have the uh, same hair. Mm, I guess, you know, theoretically, you know, if, if you know someone doesn't want to serve, like, you're not going to send them the front line because they're either just going to do a shit job, see next episode, or... Get killed They might just use an opportunity to run the fuck off again, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's maybe something you're not going to trust with yeah, duty. I guess so. in a lot of armies, uh, I don't know if it's still the case now, but armies of of days past. Desertion. Desertion yeah. was, was a death penalty thing. Yeah. Uh, War is terrible. Oh, yeah. No, it's a horrid idea thought up by awful people. Yeah. And I guess, like, you know, if it's intended to just be a deterrent, you know, which is probably why it is that way. Oh, I guess I'll join the army. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what occurred to me in this show yeah. is that they have... So we have this character, Jatrell. He is a scientist who's done some questionable research. Yep, yep. And he's also... Like an enemy kind, sort of enemy guy who's alienated his family and and sort of betrayed his people in a way because mm. he's you know gonna go and try to do this thing. So did they just take the two previous characters that this actor played and combine them to make because he because the same actor played Jerrock and Mara Pole. Although I think this was before he played Pole. No, couldn't. I think it might be really. I think. It, because I remember very vaguely when we were talking about the more poll episodes of DS9, saying like, oh yeah, it was going to be weird that this guy was playing characters like in like almost like sequential episodes 
when when they would have been airing. Oh, that's right. So they were around the same time. I remember them being around the same time. I don't remember which came first. I'd have to look at dates and I don't feel like it. He was also... uh, Yeah, travel back in time, Alexander Rojenko. Yeah, well, that's less relevant to the, It is, to but the, yeah. and also, yeah. it was so funny that he was him as well. Yeah, I, I was close to saying, like, man, every episode that uh, James Sloyan touches is gold. Oh, not that one, though. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> not your fault. You did a great job. I don't remember being extraordinarily bad either, no, but though. No, but, like, the, de- the defector and, oh, yeah. and moral stuff are all very good stuff. That's true. But yeah, but it just seems interesting though that like this guy's somewhat been typecast here as yes. as you know both a mad scientist and uh, a regretful patriot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. You know, there's an interesting like debate there. You know, obviously they're 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 slamming you on the head with the the nuclear bomb oh, yeah. allegory. Yeah. Goodness, yes. It's funny because pillar pillar claims it wasn't about oh please about the Hiroshima. And please. Jerry Taylor basically says, like, it's pretty clear that's what that's what it is. In fact, they, like, gave Jetrell like, some Oppenheimer lines that, that were actually more or less said. What 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 did Pillar claim it was about? Did he say? Uh, no, he Soup? just said, he just said, sometimes, I mean, not all the episodes are commentary. They're, some of them are just, you know, about plots that happen. Yeah, and Tolkien says the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings aren't about World Wars 1 and 2, but... See, Exhibit A. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's pretty... That that's here's the thing. If the writer didn't mean it, on some level it was, even if they didn't realize what they were doing. I, I, there's no way they didn't, right? If they didn't, they're idiots. Oh yeah, you know that's yeah. The fact that guy. one of the writers and I didn't write down who, but one of them even was quoted saying like, "Yeah, I was doing a bunch of research into the effects of all the radiation in Japan and ended up kind of horrifying." themselves about like oh god this is what i'm talking about in my in my script and i don't even want to look at this well and you know and again similarly like you know they they used the the cascade on a basically purely civilian target which i think either one or both of the targets of the nuclear bomb in world war ii were not like military targets, yeah, they, were they, just, were, they were. Just I thought neither of them were. They were just. I, I don't quite remember. It was probably both, but like I don't think either had strategic importance or made major like factories or anything. It was strictly uh, uh, an act of terrorism. Yeah. Yeah, but the Talaxians surrendered the next day. Oh yeah, so did so did Japan pretty much. I think. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, it was like a pretty the. So they dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, and everyone was horrified, and, and you know they're like, "Okay." Yeah, it was a day or two later, right? They're, well, they're oh, they'll they'll call any any minute now. We're gonna get the call from you know emperor whoever makes the call, and they're gonna tell us we surrender. They didn't call, and it's because the Japanese were like, "Holy shit, that weapon was unfucking believable." There's no way they have more than one of them, right? And they're like, "No, no, no, they couldn't build more than one oh of those." My God. Oh shit, is that true? I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. I've you, heard that. You know, it is true. Holy shit. There's a man who was in both cities and survived both times. Perhaps unsurprisingly, spent the remainder of his life as an anti-nuclear weapons activist. And hmm. playing the lottery every day. And actually only passed, Which he won three times. Only passed away in the last couple of years. Extremely old. That's so. amazing. But like, yeah, no, I, I think he's, yeah. Like, so that, that makes you both the luckiest and unluckiest man mm. alive. 
It's like, well, I saw that twice. You know, I'm surprised it didn't really come up very much. You often hear from, like, nuclear bomb apologists that, oh, it it saved more lives than it cost. Yeah. Oh, oh, because, you know, invasion of Japan would have been catastrophic for both sides. Yeah, they would have just kept killing and yada yada. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you know, and that's often the, the, the line used. Yeah. But you didn't. I didn't hear that so much in this episode. Is like, oh, the reason we used the cascade was because mm. it, it was... was. Yeah, I would say there's like an equivalent when I think um, Neelix says like, "Are you even sorry?" and and Jetrol says, um, "Like the the Oppenheimer quote is, yes, I feel guilty, but I don't regret it." And I feel like Jetrol said something similar to that, like mm. it needed to be done or something like that. Yeah, ultimately we we. Get very little about the facts of the war from this. So we're left to leave, fill a lot in ourselves. Which I guess, you know, is not quite the point of the episode. Yeah. But it also, it leaves me wanting, I think, to... In a good way or a bad way? I don't know. It's hard to say because I... You in know, an ultimately unfulfilled I'm way? Pre, as, a, as, you know, a viewer of the show, I'm predisposed to... Hate Neelix. <laughs> well, to hate Neelix, but as he's a main character, to assume that the the Talaxians, you know, were were under the yoke of okay of you know the the Harkonians uh, or whatever they're called. I keep wanting to say the the, the Harkonnens. The, the I said the same thing while we were watching um, it. I was like, that sounds a lot like their, their hair isn't red enough. <laughs> and like, I think they could have added more to where's Sting. To Jatrell's to make him a little, if they wanted to, if they wanted to make him more sympathetic. I don't think they did. I think they wanted to though. They already had his his wife leave him. Right, which I think is like okay, whatever. He and already like, has and the like, disease. And like the thing is, like Neelix claps back right away. It's like, oh, your wife left you. Well, my fucking family got charred. You piece of shit. Yeah. That was That's a good exactly Neelix. what Neelix was, said. Yeah, that right. was a good Neelix moment, though. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant his impression was. That good. was also good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's exactly what he sounded like. I liked him uh, telling his story about his rat trap while he was getting scammed. Oh yeah, that was Neelix. so heavy-handedly brilliant. Oh, Neelix is really good at like he 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 could be a Catholic mom. <laughs> Are you done? Yes. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's. It's interesting because again, it does. It did. It just feels like yeah. Of course, the they're the Talaxians, but in reality, the only representatives we've had so far are Neelix and the rat-faced guy the in faces. The, the prisoner on the Vidian. That thing. no one offers to save. Maybe yeah. that, that rat-faced <laughs> guy was the guy that Neelix caught in his rat trap. <laughs> See, like, what if it, what if we found out like Talaxians were like the fucking Nazis of this area of space. That's what I mean. Like, pieces I, of shit. They, they leave just enough vague that it's like, like, it's a mate, because again, because of who we've met, it's a shock to think that, like, they were at war with anyone willingly, but it sounds like it was probably pretty willingly. Yeah, and like, Neelix is like some kind of a pacifist, and, you know, he Or would, a coward, or, or both. Or both. And would have gotten his ass killed if, uh... Yeah, if he so... Got caught. So, I mean, these are people that have killed their own people for refusing to fight maybe they're not so good guys yeah I'm not no, saying they deserve the cascade oh god no, I but mean, they... that's fucked up but at the same time we don't know like maybe it was a maybe that maybe the whole motivation be- behind jatrell was like oh you know we're on the brink of being annihilated by the talaxians we have to do something we have to do something and you know it almost there's a really 
Oh, I was going to say, there's a really good episode of some show, and then I realized it's a really good episode of Voyager <laughs> that we haven't watched yet. Oh, so I won't mention it. Yay! <laughs> Remember this for when we hit it, and you certainly won't. No. Yeah, 50-50 chance. But, uh, or maybe one of us will. Nope, almost certainly not. We'll, um... But yeah, I think it was... It's really, I think, a strength of it that they leave so much vague. Yeah. This is like, again, yeah, like, this is probably the first time where, yeah, we're not... Yeah. Because it's Star Trek, you look at Neelix and Rat Dude, and you're like, all right, I've got a handle on Talaxians. I guess we don't. Yeah. It sounds more, like they are not a monolith. Um, Good. Yeah, no, Sick it is. Sick of monolith cultures. Yeah. Like, really. It, it is a weakness of Star Trek that, that just kind of always exists, but, you know, hopefully if we ever do meet more, I genuinely don't remember. Hopefully they don't, like, go back on this. Hopefully they're a bit more nuanced. Yeah. If they're all just Neelix clones, forget yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like, maybe we will meet some real prick ones someday. Yeah. And other ones. Well, I'd like to find out, like, Neelix is, like, being hunted by the Talaxian security forces. Yeah. For, like, uh, because he was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Would it surprise you? About Neelix? Yeah. It, well, a little bit. It would be weird to be a pacifist in the war and no. then be a serial killer. Human trafficker. What's no, no, it's not if, if, he's, if he's any kind of criminal, he's like a weed guy. One of those things where it's like, yeah, it's illegal, but you're like, you're really gonna spend this much energy on trying to arrest him? Like, where shit is happening? But I do wonder, like, can he not... Well, no, that's, that's the weird part. He was... He dodged the war, but then was able to be part of the rescue forces, so, like, they seem to have stopped caring pretty quickly. Well, they had just suffered a horrible atrocity. True, true. I bet you everything that came before goes out the window when you're trying to survive. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Hey, how about that makeup job on Cass in his dream? Oof. The makeup was good. I hate dream sequences. You guys know this. Yeah, yeah. What, what? I don't remember. She was playing oh, Palaxia. Right. She's right. She was, yeah. I somehow forgot that. I joked that I thought her wig was better than her usual one. Because <laughs> it was burnt to a crisp? <laughs> yeah, that's that pretty gruesome. Yeah, the, the the dream sequence I could have done without, a little heavy handed. I can always do without a dream sequence. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much never... I think the only one I ever liked, and I'm sure you didn't, was um, Quark having his meeting with the first oh, Grand Magus. Oh, that was so ridiculous. Ironically. Though. I didn't like played Ironically by played by Rom. In retrospect, which I couldn't really? say at the Ernie time. Something or other? No. No, Ernie. Max. Uh, Max Grodenchik. Grodenchik. That's it. Grodenchik. Grodenchik. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it at the time. I was like, oh, it's funny. He's playing the first Nagus, and he's gonna end up as the Nagus. Well, you can say it now. But yeah, they're yeah. they're usually pointless. Yeah, if not for that dream sequence, I would like really, really like this episode. But I feel like, oh, damn it, this is here. Son of a bitch. We mm. already get that Neelix is conflicted over this. We don't need to be wanged over the head with it. No, Never no watched sorry. Twi- Hold still. We're going to hit you in the head, over the <laughs> head with it real quick. Never watched Twin Peaks. I've seen Twin Peaks. It's fucking ridiculous. I never have. I just know there's a lot of bizarre dream sequences. Kyle MacLachlan's great in it, though. That's true. He's got that hair. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that sound meant. <laughs> Imagine running his balls through Kyle MacLachlan's hair. Mm-hmm. His balls through his oh, hair? Oh, yeah. Um, hair balls. Harry balls. Oh, so the EMH can control his deactivation now. Oh, yeah. I he, said that too. I was like, hey, he, he did it. He has to say an extra thing. Like, he does. They, they it still just, works. That's what works. matters. But he can't control his activation. Him. He can only be how activated. Would, yeah, how would that even work? Does he, yeah, I wonder. Because he wouldn't know. Does time pass for the doctor when he's offline, you think? I don't know. It depends upon his state. Like, uh, actually, no, I, I do not believe it does. I think when he's offline, 
it's do just, we see a, a moment at some time where he's turned off, turned back on, and he assumes no time has passed, but a lot of time has passed? There is something like that. Is it Living Witness? It is Living Witness. I love Living mm. Witness. We'll talk about Living Witness soon. Really? Is it next set season? No, I no. think season three or four. It's not. It's not. So not it's, that it's, soon. It's, but it's, we're going to. We're going no, to. It's after. It's after Jerry Ryan joins the cast. So. Yeah. I kind of wonder though if he has like very like can, can he sort of like, well, is it like say a laptop? You know, you can set the screen to turn off and then you can set it to fully kind of like mm-hmm. go into sleep mode later. So it, does he have levels like that? It's like when he's first turned off, he's kind of on for a bit. He can kind of calculate shit if he wants, and then eventually he goes into full sleep. Or there's some good. Um horrifying transporter shit this episode. Oh, oh my god, more horrifying yep. transporter uh, shit. Who doesn't love tra- horrifying oh, transporter shit? Chris doesn't. The freaking tort, like, the, 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 the person that's being beamed up is yeah. like... Oh. This is the first, that person's been conscious since the... I don't know if they, if they had consciousness at all, but the first place they've been nearly partly assembled. Well, yeah. right, and as far as they're concerned, they're still living through that horrible thing yeah. that killed them, probably, mm-hmm. right? I imagine they're not conscious in the cloud, hopefully. Well, that's true, right? I also imagine they were vaporized immediately. Well, here's the thing, right? So they would have had to have been at least like nanoseconds before being vaporized. They, you know, like it would have been instantaneous. So it would have like had to cut through them, right? Like there'd be a wave of energy that's just. Yeah. Yeah, but instantaneous versus like that long. Well, Well, that's what I mean. But what I'm saying is if you restored them. What state would you be? Rest- would they be halfway burned already? No, oh, Jesus. Like would would? Yeah, but all the burned stuff is also in the cloud. Right. So if you f- did beam them aboard, oh, they would, would, would it still be burned? Well, but isn't like... he? But isn't he using their? He's using like their medical files. That's what part yeah, of the transporter. DNA. So well, it's like they're using making that to a... find all of, like, the bits. So they got. But bit... couldn't he also be using it in the way that we know teleporters, transporters have been used before? They to, are like, make magic. A new perfect. They yeah, are magic. Perfect yeah. cost, uh, copy. Yeah, Jatrell basically says to Janeway, "Hey, I've noticed your transporters are fucking magic. Can I use one?" Yeah. And then, absolutely shocking me because this is the last like two minutes of the episode. Janeway says. Yeah, go ahead. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, here's the thing. Clearly following up on this would have taken too much time and resources and everything. But giving it a punt, yeah, it took three minutes. Yeah, yeah but go. they tortured somebody for, True. for a few seconds. Well, we don't know. They, look, they didn't look happy. Yeah, no, they did not. Uh, there's also whatever that thing he created in sickbay was that just a mass of organic matter probably well, some plants some people some... oh no 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 it was it just... was breathing it, ha- it, it was mo- yeah it, it was definitely moving it. it was creepy yeah it was creepy it was real creepy never mind maybe yeah the uh... whole the whole thing made me think like you know if all the atoms are scattered in this ion cloud it's like breaking five several million bottles into shards yeah and then having to put them all back together <laughs> yeah it's not a great plan Nope. No. <laughs> um, it had me wondering, though, like, and now that I think of it, I don't know that we've seen other civilizations really use transporter technology yet, have we? Is it possible that transporter technology is just not really common in the Delta Quadrant? Um, not oh, in so the Delta far. Quadrant, that's a good point. Because I know, you know, around the Alpha Quadrant, various peoples have used equivalents. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fucking Gary 7. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, because yeah, Neelix certainly was surprised by it. This guy was surprised by it. The Kazon don't seem to have it. Like, yeah, the Kazon barely have water. That's so true. They they're surprised by anything. Uh, I imagine those weird, like oh the hedonists. heat the hedonist planet. Yeah, but they don't need it because they can just use their full space. Their yeah, full space machine. Yeah, Gath, so they don't. our friend Gath. But yeah, so far at least we haven't run across 
I think anyone in the Delta Quadrant with teleporters. See, that would have been interesting if, like, they instead of just basically <laughs> basically having the Delta Quadrant be a bunch of civilizations that are basically on par with with Voyager, if they were just all incredibly primitive in comparison, or just lacked maybe not mm. primitive, but like lacked essential technologies that 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 Voyager took for granted, and it was just like I mean, I guess it would be a constant. Uh, to say First Amendment prime directive, prime direct, yeah, because they really just directive. be prime directiving it all up over I, and over I guess again. Have to the case. Until, see, that's the thing. See, that's that's the promise of this show that I feel like is kind of missing. Is that like they need they should be confronting their federation ethics more? Yeah, I mm. agree with that. You know, and like you know, there should be. Does it to, count in this circumstance? Nah. Well, here's the thing, right? So Jatrell. Clearly, his people don't have transporters. Neelix's people apparently don't have transporters. And yet, we're using transporters to try and save them. I mean, that seems kind of... Yeah, that, I, I definitely thought that felt a little, like, borderline. It's yeah. Like, yeah, but what's-his-ass died and... But if you, like... So, like, say it had worked. Detrell then goes, well, great, can you please give me this tech so I can continue? Because they're not going to sit there and wait and reformat all 300,000 people or whatever. Well, but he died, so... Well, yes, but I'm saying is, like, had he not died, had it worked, like, what, what's, what are you going to do now? Yeah. That it does become a prime directive issue. The fact, the fact that, oh, it didn't work, oh, he died, and then literally the very next scene is watching Voyager flying, <laughs> the Voyager, flying <laughs> the fuck away. Yeah. And, like, they couldn't have, like, told the Talaxians or told the Harkonnens um, any of this? Apparently. Well, the Harkonnens don't seem to have a, a real interest in this no. in this research, you know? They they told they told Jatrell to take a hike, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, like... I, I was thinking just today, the other day, actually, that the one thing that's been lacking is, um... Governments that span beyond a single system. Like, the Alpha and Beta Quadrants are lousy with them, you know? But uh, Delta Quadrant, of course, seems to mostly be under... Delta Gamma Quadrant seems to mostly be under the heel of the Dominion. Mm -hmm. Or at least keeping them happy so they don't conquer you. But the Delta Quadrant seems so far... Like, this is the first indication we've had that there is at least one multi-system government. Because Talaxia was taken over by the something order, he called it. Sure. Um, but yeah, we, it seems like we keep running into either cultures that haven't gotten to space yet. Like the people of the Burger King planet. Um, oh, yeah. The Burger King planet? Yeah, the, the, the bad time travel oh, one with the child. Yeah, and they yeah. all oh, the, the like, 70s yes. Burger King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. colors. <laughs> From time and again. Yeah. So we've well, had, have it your way, Janeway! <laughs> so, like, we've had that, and we've had cultures that... It's because, you know, you, then you've got, say, the uh, phage people, mm -hmm. who, like, they have warp, they have Amazing medicine that yeah. borders on magic. I imagine they probably have transported because they did basically beam Neelix's lungs out of him. Right. But yeah, I, I, it's been interesting that there have been like varying levels of tech and like, you know, in, in ever all the Trek we've seen before, generally speaking, if you've made it to space, you all kind of have comparable something, you know, like if you got warp, you've got transporters, you've got phasers or disruptors, you've got shields, you've got like... Everyone seems to have gotten everyone else's stuff. Well, yeah, in the, in the Federation, everybody shares because that's right, the whole I mean, point of being in the Federation. But even outside of it, like, you know, 
the Romulans have... Well, they stole it, she, almost certainly. Yeah, the Ferengi bought it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, everyone seems to be on a pretty even keel in that part of space. Uh, and again, even the, the Gamma Quadrant, like, they've got teleporters, shields, this, that, and the other thing. Some of their stuff's a little better, even. The Delta Quadrant seems to be a real mixed bag of who you're going to see, you know. And again, having made it... Into, having warp drive doesn't guarantee you have all the other stuff that we've taken for granted mm. that space fa- excuse me spacefaring cultures in Star Trek have, which is more realistic. You know, like some people aren't going to have come up with everything. Yeah, yeah, like a Kazon are an interesting example because they, you know, given that they can't seem to get their hand on water. Um, Those replicators would have been real nice. Well, but they got warp drive. They have warp drive. There's so much fucking water in space. There's ice fucking everywhere in space. Yeah, just grab a comet and melt yeah. it. Hmm. I guess they haven't figured that one out. Um, but like, they don't have, they don't have water. They don't have replicators. They apparently, I don't think they have transporters. Um, you know, their ships are not as good as Voyager, which is why, like, Voyager wasn't really threatened by them until their friends were going to show up. Yeah. Uh, they don't have fucking uh, Paul Mitchell or Tresemme or, or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so. <laughs> For a minute, it's like, Paul Mitchell. I remember, like, does he mean Gary, Gary Mitchell? What is that? Oh, I see. Um, so there's just clearly some technologies that, that, that are just out of reach for them. Yeah. Uh, so we're running towards the end. Is there anything anything else we want to say about this one before we move yeah. on? Last thing, Torres's forehead grew back quickly. Mm. Five. Yeah. Five. You know what, it's not a five head. It's you, a, you know what it actually all is? All Klingon foreheads are five heads. <laughs> Let's be real. Actually, you know it is? It's not done, but uh, the doctor gave her a little hat. It's like a... Nah. She oh, just God. puts it on in the morning. Because it's like halfway there and it looks kind of weird. Oh, no. And it's just like... Eh. <laughs> I'm horrified by this visual. Thank you. Uh, well, we don't know how much time has passed. From, yeah, that's from, the thing. The yeah, show. that's true. It's been a week for us, but for them, it's who it, knows. It, it's unclear, but also like it's it's out of the way to go to Neelix's planet, but mm. still, it doesn't seem to take that long when they've been flying for however long. Well, we don't know. Like I was thinking about that. Yeah, you don't so, know where they picked up Neelix. Well, we don't know. Yeah, in relation to his home world. True. You know, if, I would guess that they were in the neighborhood already because Jatrell found them, and yeah. he's pr- he's probably from a nearby planet. Oh, that's something suspect. we didn't address. Well, news of them is spreading fast. Yeah, because the hedonists heard about them. That's how they found them. It wasn't just a coincidence. He heard about them. He heard that they had transporters. Even like. I don't know, like, whatever there is in the Delta Quadrant, there is a very strong grapevine. They got the, they got the, um, the metaverse. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't get it. It's just Facebook's new bullshit. Oh. All right, well, next up, we are going to end the season on a whimper with <laughs> Learning Curve. They didn't know it was going to be the finale. Slide whistle. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel... Way the fuck better. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story when you're done with the synopsis. Good, because holy shit. In a generic-ass episode, we've decided some Maquis are still being kind of difficult. That's good. Continuity. Yeah, it would have nice been peppered Continuity. through. Continuity. Yeah. It would have <laughs> been, like, true. peppered throughout better, but whatever. And here we are, so they decide, hey, let's let Tuvok 
they have a random assortment of Maquis and train them. And somehow, despite being a Vulcan and using logic, it doesn't occur to him that using methods you use on people who, you know, signed up for this shit might not work for people who didn't. He's unbending, as Neelix yeah. notices. Yeah. So, yeah, he's supposed to, like, train some people up. At first, they're like, fuck you. Then Chakotay punches a dude. <laughs> and they're like, I guess we'll do it. And they do a lot of jogging, which I'm not sure how that's supposed to help them learn procedure. Meanwhile, there's a virus spreading among the bioneural gel packs that was caused by a virus that snuck into some cheese Neelix made. <laughs> it uh, sounds like a fucking joke episode. It really does. <laughs> it sounds like like parts of a TOS episode. Like if you if you describe an episode in which Neelix makes cheese and it gets Voyager sick. Yeah. I would be like, what episode of fucking Lower Decks, Lower Decks is this? <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I meant to say, this is sort of Voyager's Lower Decks because we kind of spend a lot of time with these random Maquis people. Same writers. No shit. Well, there we fucking go. So at the end, you know, the plots inevitably overlap. They decide, you know, the best way to fight a cold is with a fever. They burn the ship up, which would be fine, except that Tuvok and his motley crew are stuck in a uh, cargo room. Whoopsies. Something explodes. Toxic plasma gas is everywhere. Tuvok's like, go, go, go. But young boy Bajoran is like dying on a parapet. And Tuvok forces everyone else out and goes to save him. And then he nearly dies. But then the other Maquis come back and open the door. It's like, if you can learn to bend the rules, we can learn to follow them. Happy end of season one. <laughs> well, you missed the most important part is that Janeway... Was playing her nanny fantasy oh, in, the, yeah. in the holodeck again. <laughs> oh my god! And the little kid, that oh, the boy was a little bastard. Like, tell us about the little kid, Jay. Well, it's not, well, I was like, man, that fucking little kid is so fucking familiar. So oh, I had to look him up. Yeah, Me the little too. boy kid. He was also Picard's son in Generations. Yep. In the Nexus. He's actually still acting. Is he? Yeah, he's pretty active. Good for him. Yeah, I always, I, it's always nice to see that. You know, when you see a child actor, it's either you want to see that they're still working, or they did some stuff as a kid, and then you just kind of don't hear about them anymore, because you assume maybe they're okay. Oh, yeah, well, speaking of child actors, I thought, was it Garon or Jerome? I think it was Garon. Garon? Oh, the, 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 the Bajoran. I can't remember. McKee, McKee crew member. Oh, wasn't it? I think Garon. 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 Um, what Jake learned pretty quickly uh, was a famous child actor whom everyone knows and loves. Oh. Atreyu! What? From fucking Neverending Story? Yeah, it was Atreyu. He wow. looked great. He looked great I, wow. for a dude I did, that lost his horse. Oh, God. I did not recognize him at all, and I watched that movie all well, the fucking time the as a kid. The thing is, little known fact, he wasn't Bajoran until after Neverending Story. Mm, that'll do it. Because <laughs> they're under such heavy makeup. Yeah. Uh, well, wow. yeah, that was like a decade earlier, though, right? Like, when did that movie come out? Mid-80s? Yeah. Still, though, I mean... He was already a teenager by then. A lot of his facial shape was there. I should have caught it. Hmm. Yeah, no, that was... Okay, so this wasn't supposed to be the finale. This wasn't supposed to be the finale. The the producers basically said, like, okay, we're only going to have 15 episodes this season if you're counting Caretaker as all one, so we're going to end it right here on Learning Curve. And they're like, oh, no, we weren't planning... Because they had four more episodes filmed. Oh. There are four more episodes that, in both books that I'm reading, because they're just listing them in production order list them in season one and not in season two mm. because they were ready to go and they wanted to end the se- season on the 37s which <laughs> we're going to talk about next week and would also have been a bad mo- a bad move but like definitely i was sitting there and of the two i was like 
Like, I don't need every season to end on a cliffhanger. In fact, I hate it when they do that. I don't need every season end even to be a big thing. But this was just so generic. Like, yeah. of the two, I was like, flip these. Mm. And I'll be fine. Because the other one, it's like, you know, at least it's a very, like, Ooh, it's a big, heavy, moral episode. Very Star Trek. End a season that way. Sure. Instead of this. Yeah, or at least you want to end it with something that's going to set up the next season. Or even, that. even if it's not a cliffhanger. DS9 was really good they at that. They were. At not necessarily having two or three parters. Although yeah. they did that an awful fucking lot. But that's not how they opened the season yeah, instead. Sure they, yeah, I, I would, like... I would have expected them to, like bring Seska back for something for the finale. Yeah. Or, Ooh. again, like, it doesn't even, I don't even need you to do something. Like, you know, especially in this day and age of, like, prestige television, all seasons build up to a massive end of the like Whatever. This is episodic. I don't, and again, I don't need every season finale to be the best of the world part one. I would be happy if your season finale was like, let's just do a nice, solid, self-contained episode, maybe revisit some themes and ideas if we want. Yeah, let's do let's do a Ferengi love song. Let's do a... No, <laughs> let's not do Ferengi love songs. Like, again, like, just just swap these two. To trail out, and be like, you know what? Good way to end a season. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a very Star Trek kind of episode. A nice metaphor, deep philosophical discussion. So I, it's good to know that they didn't think this was a but, good idea for a finale. But here's the thing, though, right? So, when a when a show is ordered, they order a number of episodes. They don't just say, make us a season of show. And you get to figure out what that means. So the the station either ordered 16 episodes this or 20 is, episodes. This is a brand new network. So they yeah. probably have no idea what the hell they well, were I'm doing. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they didn't just like go out in the, you know, in the want ads. I'm sure they hired people that knew what, how TV worked. Yeah, I mean, I bet you they ordered 20 and then decided, no, we're going to make it a 16 episode. Yeah, so that stupid. So that some of this can be saved for budget for next season because everything they do is budget related. Yeah, that's true. Interestingly, there was... Um... Just weird TV shit that happens springs to mind that, like, the original very first Gundam series, they, like, ordered a certain amount of episodes. Then they were like, your ratings suck, we're canceling you. And the production team was like, look, okay, don't give us the full run, but give us, like, five more episodes to wrap everything up. And they were like, fucking fine. So, this story suddenly gets very quick. (laughs) But, yeah, occasionally networks just will be like, "Eh, let's fuck around a little. Mm. For one reason or another. Well, Certainly this they weren't canceling, so I'm yeah. not sure what, what it seems the weird. force was here. And also, you know, this was UPN's flagship show. Like, yeah. this was the launch vehicle for that whole channel, so you'd think that they'd want it to be a big... Launch starship. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I would love to know what the what, what was behind the decision making in this case. Yeah, it seems a little It's just dollar signs. I'm certain it's just dollar signs. No, no, I, I, that I get, but I, I wonder what exactly... What aspect of it was, you know, like, was it just saving money for season two? Was it like, for some reason, if we stop this now, we're going to make more money on X or Y? It's, it's a producer's thing. We make more money with a flop. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's why they made Enterprise. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, so on the merits of this episode itself, so I know... Forgettable I've, as fuck. It's very forgettable. And I know I've often talked about, man, I really want to see more, like, Maquis, Starfleet conflict stuff. This is not what I want. No, not like, <laughs> like this. Not like this. Aww. Not like this. I liked our new friend, Chell. He was fun. Well, right, like the whole... Uh, wow, you liked like, Chell. I liked Chell. No, that is so obviously just a slapsticky dick. How can you not like He's a bully? He's a bully. There's I no way not. Bullies are just nice guys. I mean, don't be wrong. I have nothing against him. I'm just surprised you liked him. <laughs> 
Um, He's got his fucking homemade medallion. There is, I think so much of it was just watching him try to run around yeah, and just picking at what points did he just pass out. Almost like there's, there is like, unless Bolian physiology, it's probably very different from human physiology, but there is no way. Where's their heart? A human being in his shape. Did ten kilometers? No, God, no. Did, it, it, he no, would have been with dead. No, yeah, with no ramp up either. It's yeah. like today we're running ten k's because I know like friends of mine have done like you know the couch to five k mm-hmm. program, which is you'll be able to run a five k at the end of several months of doing a little bit at a fucking time. Well, also it's like it's not just run ten k. It was run ten k after having climbed up and down the Jeffries tubes all morning, wearing a hundred pound backpack. P.S. Like, I fucked with the gravity. With yeah, ten percent additional gravity turned yeah. on. And you know, this is some horseshit. Yeah. Talk. Well, plus, you know, and it's like, you know, Caitlin said, oh, he's, you know, he's not willing to put him through anything else he's not willing to do. It's like, yeah, but he's a Vulcan. <laughs> they are naturally, like, I mean, I we don't know. How many the, eyelids Bolians like, have? Yeah. So we got four people. We got two. I made a joke about, his, ah, about his eyelids when he was like trying to save Jarrell or whatever his oh, name was at the end. I was like, well, thankfully his eye, extra eyelids are saving him from toxic gas. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we've got two presumed humans, because, yep. you know, Star Trek does have alien races that just look exactly, but we assume the two that look human are human. Mm-hmm. There's a Bajoran, which, as far as I know from DS9, they seem to be pretty much on par with humans in most things. Like, yeah. They're little, more badass. A little sassier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think that's more a cultural thing than a... Yeah, uh, yeah I don't think they're more I don't, physically... Yeah, anything... Kept. Either way. And Bolians, we have no fucking clue. But a Vulcan, we know, is stronger than the average human, probably has higher stamina, definitely needs less sleep. Like, like I'm sure it was harder for him than it would be, but it's also still not, I think, hard for him in the way it was for a human. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, was, it, it was, and like, it was hard yeah. for Tuvok in the sense that he was getting a massive erection <laughs> torturing these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, like... You're logical. You know they're already chafing under the bit. You don't treat them like you do people who spent their lives dreaming of joining Starfleet. Like, that's why it's different, asshole. They don't want... Not only do they not want to be here, most of them actively joined a group whose existence partially is kind of like, fuck you. I'm I'm surprised Seska didn't take a bunch of these people with her. Seriously. I mean, see, like... Maybe she did. I think a... You know what would have been a great season finale and a great twist on this episode? Best of both worlds. Oh, wait. Go on. They're not just, like, insubordinate pissants. They are actively plotting... Like, sabotaging? Some kind of a mutiny or something. Okay. You know? Like Seska was doing. Like, yeah. maybe we find out that it's, she didn't take anyone with her, but she left some folks well, behind like, that she's been in touch like, with. See, like, here's the thing. Maybe you could even start it with, like, Tuvok trying to do the let's get you into shape routine. Yeah. And then they're like, man... This is fucked up. Let's 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 kill Tuvok and take over the ship. And it's like, again, he's just supposed to be teaching them about like Starfleet protocol. What does this run serve? It teaches them to listen to everything Tuvok says. That's what I said. Or you're gonna have to run more. There's That's what, exactly what I said. He's just. Or he's gonna turn the gravity up even higher. Like, again, he's he's applying the complete. To see him just hold the idiot ball for so long in this episode. Because it's like, again, he's a Vulcan. He should logic it through and be like, all right, standard. We're trying to get them to sort of match our style. But, again, like, anyone who's in Starfleet Academy, you're going to really want to be there. Like, it's, yeah, these tactics aren't going to work. I liked, like, 
it's it's stunning that right now Neelix is actually a very good character so far because he fucking yeah. schools Tuvok on the whole philosophy of like how different people do things different ways and Tuvok didn't realize that. Which he should know. And the line, God, I love this line. No, Mr. Vulcan, I'm saying that you are rigid and inflexible. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like that he calls him Mr. Vulcan. It makes me want to kind of slap him. Well, it's because he, when he first met him, he thought it was his surname and he's had trouble shaking that. I know, but it doesn't make me like it anymore. No, that's fair. I also, I gotta say, I was really upset that Tuvok had was was, was a hard on about the Bajoran earring. Yeah, I what the yeah. Fuck? Like, Ditto. like there have been numerous instances. Like a, there was one thing where Riker was a hard ass to Rolaren about it, but yeah. then by the end of the episode, like oh, you can do it. It's cool. It's also a cultural. It's thing. a cultural. It's thing. not and just I'm wearing something fun to today. Has been wearing his mm. fucking, fucking sash for twenty years. Yep. And uh, it's it's fucking racist. Yep. It's fucked up, Tuvok. Eat shit. Well, like, we the weird it. necklace thing, fine. That was just some bullshit he made in arts and crafts. But um, also, we've seen Roe also wear a headband. That's yeah. Well, that was a that was a regulation. Oh, headband. it was a Federation yeah, headband. It, had, yeah. it did it. It matched her uniform, so it was. <laughs> It really is the same shade of red. So that is because he didn't say you couldn't wear headbands. He just said hers was outside of regs. Also, I was surprised that Tuvok didn't give uh, the like the, the main guy the the Dalby. Yeah, yeah, there we go. He didn't give him shit for having a stretched out collar. <laughs> I was looking at that. It annoyed me the whole fucking episode. And everyone, everyone's got these really nice tight turtlenecks, and his is like drooping like a fucking wizard. Fat and stretched it out with his fat neck. Yeah, yeah. remember that? Wasn't there like an ad for like stretched out V neck? Oh, it was some a, kind of shitty. It was a Fruit of the Looms campaign. Is that with, what it um, was? That one comedian and Michael Jordan. They called it Bacon Neck. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. I don't think, but. Oh. I'll take what you say. Uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't, I didn't notice that, but I am also not an uptight Vulcan. Yeah, well, that that bothered. Like, I thought for sure <laughs> Tuvok was going to get to him because he was last in line and be like, "Mister, Mister Dilby, your fucking neck hole. You you rammed your giant fucking melon through that <laughs> fucking turtleneck and ruined it." <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wonder if that came because obviously it's just like he's an extra. Like, well, no, he's a yeah, they, just, they just got something off the rack. And it's, so it's like, huh, we have to pretend this isn't an issue. Yeah. Even though they know full well. Yeah, it, this it would was, be an issue. It's like everybody else got this perfectly taut turtleneck, and this one guy is just like... Speaking of extras, <laughs> Tuvok said he cleared deck 13 for the run. We saw at least three extras that they nearly slammed into once they were on deck 13. Well, he cleared it at the beginning, but this, how long, how many hours did it take for Chell to run a 10K? I suppose that's true. They needed so, to get some work done. This Three show, days later. This show does, it made me think, this show has this weird fascination with extras that the other ones don't seem to, where it's like, they have, they frequently have, like, noticeable extras where they really shouldn't be. Like, it's one thing, like, there was an episode a few weeks ago, I forgot to mention, I forget which one, but, like, during a really climactic part, they had an extra walk past the camera, like, between, quote-unquote, the viewer and Harry Kim, who was delivering a line. And it was just like, what the, f who decided that was a good idea? It shows you that people are in the middle of doing their jobs. Uh, that's a director call, probably. No, I know, but, they, like, the more I thought about it, like, there's, 
I find there have been multiple times where I've been really aware of the extras mm-hmm. in this show in a way that I'm not in other shows, oh. including other treks. Like, I definitely agree, because you bring it up every time it happens. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, look, that girl looks like Mary Tyler Moore. Well, that was, Mary that, Tyler Moore hair or whatever that was me being weird about hair. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed her, and that would have been a perfectly acceptable, normal Star Trek well, in the background saying, I feel like you bring them up a lot these days. I, just, I keep noticing them for some reason. I think part of it is, again, like just... Well, yeah, they said, like, I will clear the deck. Why are people there? And are any of them there? Like, God, I feel sluggish today. What's going on? Um, But again, there were other, I can't think of other specific examples, but there have been many times where I've just been like, was that necessary? Why is that person there? I know what this episode is missing. There should have been a scene in the cargo bay where, you know, we have, we have the, 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 the four, the four misfits Mm. and Tuvok. And then, and then the mistress yes. just starts singing, yep. Doe, a deer, a female deer. I thought you were going to say what this episode or, was missing was fire belching from the wall. Oh, no, no. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was the, the do re mi fa sol yes, from um, Doe. That would for me. What really annoyed me with that was when they were first locked in, the show was already treating it like, oh, fuck, they're in danger. It's like, no, they're locked in a room. Like, I was just like, I'm sure something's going to happen eventually, but right now, they're just locked in a room. Let's calm down, soundtrack. <laughs> and, like, slow pan in. I'm what? glad you brought up the Misfits, though, because fucking the fat Bolian didn't get turned into a bitch like Patrick did. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Where was his bitch tits? Uh, yeah, you know, you should... I mean, they were wearing unflattering pajamas most of the time, but... Ba- based on that... Oh, the, med- the cadet uniform-looking mm-hmm. things? Based on his medallion, I like to imagine that when he's an off-duty, the Bolian wears, like, Bones in TMP-style oh, disco outfits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. he's a swinger, I'm pretty sure. With a little bit of chest Lots hair of swinging. Out. Mm. Actually, it, does he have chest hair? Because he's, ba- he's bald. That's a good question. Like, do they have any hair? They have fins. I actually maybe uh, they have feathers and hair there in the you same go. place, like those fucking assholes from Next makes, oh. which makes evolutionary sense. Obviously, I looked him up because I thought maybe I knew him, but I didn't. Well, I mean, I have it turns out seen some stuff of his, but uh, just a character actor with a career as long as your arm, but nothing major uh, except he was Chief Quimby. Burn, jeez, <laughs> Chief Quit. Well, I, mean, I guess I should say nothing like. Very few in the way, like he's in a he's a one off character in a shitload of things. Okay, and apparently we're gonna see him again in season seven as this character. Yay! Oh, that's fun. But, Continuity. Um, yeah, but as far as like you know, he's very rarely like regular cast of things, except for he's Canadian, so a Canadian sitcom called Little Mosque on the Prairie, and uh, something I was familiar with. The, Sounds like it's gonna get racist real fast. <laughs> no, the creators were actually um, okay. Yeah, so I think. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it actually sounds kind of interesting as a concept. But anyway, uh, but what I knew him from without realizing it, again, this wasn't a visual thing, was he was Chief Quimby in the Netflix Inspector Gadget. There you go. Inspector Gadget. So yeah, cheese making stuff sick. What the fuck? They don't even get to have the macaroni and cheese it afterwards. It would have been terrible, let's be honest. Yeah, if, if the cheese had enough fucking nasty shit in it that it made the ship sick. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to do anything good for anybody's intestines. Also, the first time we saw the cheese, it was not cheese. It must be there's different styles of cheese, though. No, no, but this was clearly half a head of lettuce. You could see the like little barb where they'd taken it off a stem. Really? Yeah, you know how when you have a half like a head of lettuce at the bottom, it's got that little brown circle. Sure. Because when I first when he first picked it up, areola of the lettuce. When he first picked it up before. 
Tuvok said what it was and said, here, have half a head of lettuce. And then Tuvok goes, what is that? He's like, oh, it's cheese. And I was like, fuck you, no, I can see the stem. That is half a head of lettuce. Didn't he also call it, like, grilled cheese? Brill cheese. Oh, brill cheese. Because at first he was like, yeah, somebody wanted grilled cheese. And I was like, bitch, that is not grilled cheese. <laughs> but yeah, like... So I, I thought he was just making, like, a, a uh, wacky Neelix mistake about what someone wanted when they said Macaroni and cheese. Grilled yeah, that cheese. is what they asked for. Well, yeah, I don't know, but still, it's not... But... Yeah, no, that was wrong. But, uh... Like, I, I, I like the idea that they're like, all right, so we've got this unique tech, and it's going to have unique problems. The biomedical... Bio, yeah, bio, what neural gel pack. Yeah, yeah, the gel pack. And so the, the idea that, like, you know, you've got to use, like, both engineering and sickbay to kind of get to the bottom of this. Like, that's really good. The execution, though, just feels so... Get, get the cheese to sickbay. Yeah. Imagine delivering that line with the straight a uh, straight of face as she did. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I love this idea. I just wish it had been in a better episode. It wasn't. It was nice better. to remind us about the bio neural gel, gel packs. Yeah. I, yeah it, it, I also feel like the doctor should have been more concerned because technically speaking, this is him dying. Yeah, I was thinking about like at what point does the does the EMH stop working? Yeah, because a lot of stuff was breaking down. They should have been like, "Fuck, how long can we keep him online if these keep crapping out?" Because he's kind of our hope here. But that never came up either. Like, because again, this was almost the B plot, even though it seems like the more important one. I mean, it was definitely the B plot because yeah. there was whole chunks of the episode where we didn't get yeah. a whiff of it. Oh, jeez! Yeah. Look at that cheese. Yeah, uh, and then and then you know. In the end, it became the, the main thing, but... It was cute when EMH was practicing his bedside manner. That on was the bioneural gel pack, though. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of the bioneural gel pack yeah. being vulnerable to something. Oh, yeah, like, that's an interesting concept. I, I think it was stupid that it was cheese. Oh, yeah. And, like, it just felt like it was a disservice to that plot to, yes. to make it just to play second fiddle to this... Goofy bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I did a boot well, camp but they with made this it, lazy. But they made it goofy though by making it Neelix killing everybody with his shitty food. Well, yeah. yeah. Also, like, how did your I? I don't know. How did your ventilation get in your computer system like that? You really is this think like they'd be like space legionnaires? <laughs> that's basically what that's basically what it is. And also, ships get it. Here's a question: When everyone's getting like roasted to death? Um, oh, I thought you meant like being made fun of. In front of everyone for comedic purposes. No, no, no. Like like Brussels sprouts. I get that they're schwitzy, <laughs> but what's causing Janeway's hair to slip out of place? They're oh, not getting the shaken around. No, the humidity. It's just making our hair puff out. That's what happens to hair. But would like individual strands start dropping like that? Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. I retract my complaint. Because um, humidity like makes your hair like poofy, so it might have just like slipped out. Okay. I think it's feasible. Okay, no, I mean, I've, I've always had short hair, so... Yeah, plus for all I know, like she's been like rubbing her brow to get the sweat yeah. off. She's probably yeah. been busting. I, I think it's as a as a person who once had very long hair, I find it not entirely un, uh, not entirely unreasonable that this may have happened. So here, here's a question: Is the Voyager team Pfizer, Moderna, or J and J? Janeway and Janeway. Ah, fucking Kess looked like a drowned rat by the end of that <laughs> sequence. Yeah, she took to the heat worse than anybody. Yeah, that, that wig. Well, she yeah, you know, she she lived in a very temperature controlled environment for most of her life, so you know her body's not used to sudden sudden changes like that. Doesn't adapt well. Remind me, there was a point where something was happening, and I didn't write down what, but they were ready to be like, 
it's probably the dreaded Ferengi again. They're known for playing dead in space and then attacking oh, you? Yeah, and they're pseudo Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, there was a yeah, Kobayashi like a Maru. Oh, okay, Kobayashi yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they're known. Yeah, suddenly the Ferengi are. It's like, we're well past anyone caring about the Ferengi. What's yeah, going on? They, well, they basically, they've just. Since they're now friendly with the Klingons, they had to update the Kobayashi Maru test. Oh, no, I get that, but, like, they need to update it again, because. I don't know. The Ferengi, we can be friends with the Ferengi and still know yeah, they're Yeah, but, but remember, go back to early, early TNG, and the Ferengi were thought of as a, as a proper threat. No, no, of, I know. Because of them whips and all that hissing and all that <laughs> weird frog posturing. <laughs> oh no, they're doing Thriller and they have electric whips. <laughs> <laughs> we're doomed. Yeah, I don't um, miss that version yeah, at all. No, I'm wondering, yeah, so we're probably... God, and they're wearing, the next they wearing, like, update will probably pants, be too. like... The Borg and... Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Somebody else. But with the Borg, you can just shoot them. We know this now. You can just shoot them with an actual gun. And That's true. There's probably a period where it was the Dominion. Mm. <laughs> I want to see the Borg doing Thriller. I'm, I'm willing to bet some fans have done that It would somewhere. have been fucking awkward if the Kobayashi Maru was like, oh, we have to rescue a Cardassian transport, and then they get attacked by the Maquis. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. They all just look over our two luck like, really big? <laughs> It was a random uh, program. I didn't plan this. I also love that he basically just rewrote the Kobayashi Maru and acted like it was his idea. I love that the answer was retreat. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was... That's also the answer to the Kobayashi Maru. It might, it might be. Yeah, well, because well. we well because we've learned this week that sometimes the best strategy is to call a safety. That's, yeah, that was the rule. That's what we is. learned from pool there as well. So mm, there we go. That's that's Everyone the episode. Call a safety. Jump, jump in the pool. Wish we could run away oh, from this episode. God, here was something that was terrible. Yep, had a girlfriend, then she was raped and murdered. Like, wow! Yeah, by some Kardashians. Whoa, okay, that really, that's yeah, a change your, of tone. Your story escalated quickly. What, mm. what is it? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We've been watching this series called Pitch Meeting on YouTube. Oh, you... I love Pitch okay, Meeting. Okay, okay, so you Yay. know when he says something really dark happens in the plot, and the producer goes, oh my gosh. Yes. He's, so he always was, delivers that so well. De- his delivery of everything is excellent. I've shown, I've shown Jake some Pitch Meeting before. Oh. I think, no, I shared on our Facebook... All the pitch meetings for Star Wars. Oh, oh fuck! How did I miss that? Well, I have not. Excellent. It's my I have favorite getting... thing in the whole fucking internet right now is pitch meeting. I love the guy. I love everything he says. I love wow, 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 wow. I love whoopsie. I love yeah, I know he's got some Star Trek ones too that we'll have to share someday. <gasps> that could be an extra thing sometime. We could it's... see which pitch meetings are best. But um, <laughs> ten years from now, we're running out of other content. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but like, I am getting maybe half of my notifications on Facebook these days, and I get none from our page. Uh, weird. You have to hit the bell. That's I thought that was a YouTube, YouTube thing. Smash the bell. Subscribe, like, <laughs> smash that bell. Is it Seth? But yeah, Is that's Seth how here? I missed those. <laughs> yeah, they just started popping up on my YouTube. I was like, what the fuck are these? And then I finally watched one, and I've been hooked ever since. They are they are terrific. Yeah, it almost makes me want to watch because I, I I don't watch Marvel mm. movies. I don't give any. I give exactly zero shits about superhero bullshit. But it means it means I don't get to watch the pitch meetings. You can still them. watch them. Yeah, honestly, I I've, don't want. I don't get the jokes. You probably you would probably learn more about the films than by watching the films. Honestly, that I, makes sense. I've watched pitch meetings for movies I've not seen Same. that I don't care about getting spoiled Same. and they still work. Okay, okay. And in fact, the first one I watched was uh, the pitch meeting for the new Terrible Home Alone, which... Oh my God, which looks fucking It turns out awful. it's even worse than the trailer makes it look. 
Is this with French Stewart? What is no, this? no, there's a new new No, new that's one. Inspector oh. Gadget. No, um, wait. There was, was, he, there was, was there a Home Alone with French Stewart, yes. What? I no, remember seeing why? it before. Why does French Stewart have to fucking ruin everything? <sighs> because he's cheaper than any other he actors. He was good in Third Rock. Oh, that's right. I was funny. I was talking about him, well, I think, because sure, I was talking about Home Alone. That's because he was playing French Stewart in that show. Well, that's why I said to someone. He was like, in Frank... the original Stargate film. He was? Yeah. Holy shit, that must be weird. Was it terrible? No, well, you know. Don't lie. I it like was, the original film. It's Friday a good thing. film. It's just... He's... The show is way better. Uh, yeah, and I was saying to someone the other day, literally, like, French Stewart existed just for Third Rock from the Sun. He should have been put, in, been put into cryostasis for when humanity needed him again someday. For, for, when, probably we, for when we do another Third Rock yeah. from the Sun. Like, in 30 years. Everyone else is new, but they they unseal French Stewart. like, French, it's time. <laughs> Anyway, this my is a, name's French. I like the yeah. tangent that we will likely the, cut. Um, so, the Ghostbusters. Why are you bringing this up, Jay? Don't tease Chris. <laughs> uh, I have not watched it yet. I probably will. Uh, although I, I've, I've had people who I trust say basically, "Yeah, no, it's exactly yeah, what it I looks mean, like." I mean, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, it no, sure it, does. it is a very cynically calculated uh, nostalgia fest cash grab. Anyway, let's give a nice yeah, little cuddle. Yeah, because yeah, oh. this is mostly... One last thought about this episode. Oh my god, an actual thought about this episode? It's a damn good thing that Seska's no longer on the ship, or got found out, because when they did the turn up the heat thing to mm. kill the bacteria, or kill the virus, everyone else would be sweating and like, <laughs> all hot, and she'd just be like... <sighs> yeah, uh, like yes, the lizard on the rock right. thing. Nice. Like Garrett oh, I forgot she was a secret pejorative. And then she was I mean, Cardassian. Cardassian. And then they would have found her out. Yeah. She's like... Running to the bathroom to throw water on her face. Fuck. Oh, fuck. it's so hot in here, we guys. We didn't this through. Oh, please. <laughs> That's the thing, though. You think, like... Actually, really, when you think about it, the heat really shouldn't have even bothered Tubok as much. He's from a fucking desert planet. I don't know if he was bothered by the heat so much as the poison gas. No, no, but even before then, he was schwitzing a little, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you really think he would have taken longer to schwitz than everyone? Listen, we didn't... Schwitz now, huh? Getting split now for cheese. <laughs> My last note I wanted to bring up: Chakotay comes over and does the t- the the turn the chair around and get into the let's wrap position. Oh yeah. And then he immediately turns that into the let's punch position. <laughs> you know that did strike me uh, a little in the face. Not as hard as it yeah. struck that guy. A little as a little uh, like I, I feel like uh, you shouldn't be striking your subordinates on the ship. I feel like that's well, that's the Maquis way apparently. Uh, but see, I don't feel like that actually is. This is the first time you've had any indication where they run their ship like pirates. Yeah. <laughs> like, up until now, the whole thing seems when they really like Tuvok, because he's like... Uh, Tuvok. Chakotay, because he's like their buddy. Not, I punch you. Was it mentioned in this episode, or, or, episode, or did I just read that the Maquis ship that they were all on was called the Valjean? No. Fucking no. Fucking Jesus Christ. But wait a minute. This predates Eddington? It's probably a retcon. Wait, what? Uh, does it predate Eddington? Eddington's later in DS9, right? He showed up uh, right around start of season three. But we don't learn... But he doesn't do his, his Les Miserables thing no. until way late. I wonder if... Because I just read on, on Memory Alpha that these are people from the Valjean, and I forget if they said it in this episode. I don't remember, I don't remember if maybe I it's, hearing Maybe it's revealed later. I really hope it's a retcon. It's pro- it may even just be like beta canon, right? It might not be on screen. I don't know. I, I have I have a Valjean on timelines, so <clears throat> I'm pretty sure oh, Fuck me. Right in the fucking eyelid. Jesus Christ. 
Wow. That, wow. I mean, I love Eddington, but I, know. I could do without the, the way con- too much. The constant Les Miserables. You know, you, you know, I bet you Chakotay and, and Eddington knew each other, mm. and, and Chakotay fucking hated that guy. For a second, I thought you were going to say that they fucked. Because you were just like, I bet he knew him, and they, f-, and I was like, yeah, I bet yeah. They fucking went at it. Or they were best buddies, and we get shit faced and do duets of one day more. See, I can watch. I, I bet. I see. Eddington seems like the kind of guy that would like sniff Bellana and shit. So. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, he's a fucking creep. He has an ice, an awesome wife. Yeah. yeah. He feels like yeah, no, he was gonna no fault of his own. If he was gonna sniff anyone, it was Cisco. He's you no, know, he sniffed okay. Cisco's chair for sure. <laughs> He was hanging out with Barclay at some point. He'd just like sneak under the bridge of the Defiant. And be like, oh, oh Worf was here. <laughs> and we've lost Ames. Perhaps understandably. I wanted to grab this. That's fair. Speaking of things that stink, let's move on. No, I gotta keep all that in. Oh, no! Damn it, Ames. Today, the art wins. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, unless there was anything else anyone wanted to say about whatever this movie was. Nah. Show, movie, Mm-mm. maquis thing. No no blog activity this week because it is our season wrap day. Oh, shit. Season one, as we mentioned, shorter than any of the other seasons. Until, Too short a un- season. Until, until New Track has like only eight episodes a season kind of thing. But it means that we are doing our patented top and bottom three of each season as we are wont to do. Tough choices too because mm. I also notice on IMDb they're all very very clumped together mm. in that they're all within like a point of each other basically. Mm. Yeah I guess for me that's the thing is like there wasn't a ton in the way of standouts. Like right. uh, there was a lot of going through the list just like yeah that was fine that was fine yeah. that was fine yeah. that was fine that was fine and there was only one that I'd call bad like yeah like considering like I know people shit on Voyager Way more than they probably fucking should. Oh, yeah. Assholes on the internet. But this is actually, like, a very decent season. It has a lot of the, th- the Star Trek themes that we know and love. It has yeah. a lot of great stuff. It's got James Sloy on being awesome. Yeah, I mean, if, if the worst you can say about some of these episodes, as I think, you know, Jake has put it, is, like, it feels like they picked up some unproduced TNGs and swapped the names. Like, that's fine. As long as it's not season one TNG. Yeah, and I also, you know, it'll also come more into its own, because, yeah. you know, they're learning the characters still, they're learning their situation. Right. I think the episodes that are specifically about their situation can be more interesting than just a generic sci-fi story. Yeah. Um, but there's also some good generic sci-fi stories, as I'm going to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, and like you said, you know, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, where, like, they were writing episodes for this season before they had a cast. You know, going into season two, they're going to know who the people are. They know who their strengths are. They're going to know who works well with each other. They're not going to lose another Janeway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, who wants to kick it off? Uh, I can kick it off because I'm going to actually start with Tops. Ha ha! It's my you show now, Chris. Bitch. I was um, actually going to ask if you wanted to since I we're do. on the season you outro. So. I do want to start with Tops because also Tops, I think... I mean, they're both tough answers, but I also think... There weren't a lot of bottoms, so I think that's going to be the harder decision. Yeah, no, that's true. So we'll cover that second. But in covering tops first, here's my tops. 
Wow, my tops are very Neelix heavy, which is <laughs> hilarious, because I'm going to give my top three of the season to Jatrell, which we talked about today, mm-hmm. which was a very complex Hiroshima allegory. Phage, which was just some excellent Neelix work in that, you know, what is your life if you're confined to a table without your lungs? Yep. And who are these Vidians? Oh my fucking God. But also, the, my number one of the season uh, is going to be very predictable because I really liked Eye of the Needle, hmm. uh, the one with our doomed Romulan friend. Yeah. Caleb? Uh, so agreed with Eye of the Needle and Jatrell. Are these in any particular order? Or? Um, I feel like... Eye of the Needle and Jatrell are, like, sort of tied for first. Or, like, I guess in that sense, tied for second. Yeah. No, they'll be tied for first. They would both get... Unless unless there's another one that's actually first. No, no, yes. it's definitely not. I think it's actually probably a very unexpected one that I would Ooh. put. Because I, I just remember really enjoying it. But, um... I put heroes and demons in my top Nice! Top. That was another one I liked. Because I really liked uh, seeing the MH kind of come into his own, and I really liked, like, I know it was goofy. It was a goofy episode, but I really liked, I, I enjoyed the goofy it was giving me. It was a good goof. Yeah, I liked the it goof. Wasn't, it and wasn't I loved really the, the lady, Freya, or whatever yeah, yeah, the fuck. Yeah. I thought she was awesome and hot. So Schweitzer! So yeah, <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. But yeah, Eye of the Needle was great because it was just so goddamn tragic the whole time. And Jatrell really like knocked me for a loop because while we were watching it, I was like, okay, so like, I was like, arms crossed, like, okay, so this guy is like obviously faking it because he's there to finish what he started or something. And then I was like, oh no, okay, so that's not it. Maybe he really is sincere and like he just wants to help. And then I was like, oh no, but he's got it too. So he wants to fix his own shit. Oh no, like... I don't know. I just felt like I had a lot of... I made a lot of assumptions and I just kept being wrong over and over again. So, I don't know. I liked it. It kept me, kept me on my toes. Okay. Okay, Jay. All right. Okay, well, I'm going to so. surprise no one with Eye of the Needle. <laughs> I'm also going to put Jatrell on my list. Woo! And uh, I had like a three-way tie for third. I'm just oh, going to make it... I wrote them all three down. And I'm going to just call it now. I'm going to give it to... Faces. Oh, nice. Honorable mention to Faces for me, too. That was a great episode. Good yeah. Taurus stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Good Taurus stuff. This is... Uh, you got a lot of overlap. For me, number three, Heroes and Demons. Woo! Uh, just good, fun times. Doctor with a sword. Kinds of weirdness. Uh, number two, Phage. Nice. Uh, great episode. again, like... Wow, just what a horrible existence that would have been. And wow, wow the Vidians are monsters. Wow, I feel for Neelix. After and, the internet uh, has told me not to. Yeah, the internet can be very wrong. Number one, Jatrell. Oh, word. Yeah, some good stuff this season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's really interesting. Because they were like, I feel like, for me anyway, Eye of the Needle was like a cut above. And then everything else was like, there was like a lot of stuff in that. Well, upper, you, upper mid range. You saw because I have the list of the IMDb ratings in a spreadsheet, and they're all literally they're color coded. Because hello, I'm Ames. It's what I do. They're all literally like the the orangey yellow color mm. in my in my ratings, and like the one outlier that's green is I have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was my take. Like there were just a, there were a lot of like decent episodes this season, which is why it was so hard to pick pick my tops. Yeah, like, Eye of the Needle was definitely in contention. It was, like, basically that and Heroes and Demons were kind of vying for third. Well, I'm glad they're both on the list, because they're both really good. 
So what shat its pants this season? What shat its pants? I think only one episode shat its pants. Yeah, I'd agree. I think there were a bunch of others, and I basically have to coin flip one of them as well, mm. um, just on things that didn't work as well, or like a bad idea that, that they didn't capitalize on, or this, that, and the other thing. I mean, the obvious answer for like the worst one is ex post facto. Oh, I mean, God. I mean, obvious fucking More like one. sex post shit show. More like... Ah. More like... We 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 well, we shouldn't still have Paris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Why didn't we say that at the time? Oh, I don't know. I I, I, I have said it now. Uh, just it's bad noir. The dog reveal was ir- was just unheard Stupid. of. The a- aliens makeup was awful. Oh my god, the worst! All the different like oh we're doing a mystery thing and now Tuvok is Poirot and God. Damn it, that one's not good. No. Uh, the other two, which in any other season I wouldn't even pop fucking mention because they're not that bad. Um, I'm going to give to Prime Factors just because the hedonist guy was a creep. Big creep. Didn't care for him. Creepy vibes. They could have done better with that episode. I don't know. I, I literally have no good reason for, for not liking it. But just I didn't like it as much as others. Um, but also I'm going to give some shit to State of Flux. The one where we learn that um, Seska's a Cardassian and she's been the one dealing replicators around. Just because they never gave us a good sense of suspense or tension because we always knew it was Seska. That mm. was never a mystery. Mm. It was like, yeah, yeah. this is obviously going to be That's Seska. That's a good point. Yeah. We were sort of waiting for her to be a red herring and it just mm. never came. It was like, exactly. nope, it's definitely just her. They failed at the red herring test. They did. They should have brought in Red Herring from a pup named Scooby-Doo. Whoa, <laughs> boy. Ho, ho. How about you, cats? Uh, ex post facto. Shocking. Yep. Uh, learning curve, because it was just so fucking boring. Fair. And I put down Cathexis, and I don't really know why. I think I was just rereading the... Uh, that was the one with... Did you not like the healing wheel? Oh, yes, that is why. That's exactly what it was. It was, like, the blatant, like... Because there's... The season had a lot of, like, shitty, racist, Native American fucking nonsense, and this one was really bad. Yeah. I will say, because I, I was thinking about Cathexis, but I did like that they did a twist at the end in which the the, the alien entity was Chakotay and not evil at all. Yeah. That, I thought, gave it a couple extra yeah. points. Cathexis is what was one of my tops. It was, it was <gasps> uh, one of wow. my favorite I actually really like that show. I'm not withstanding the, the medicine wheel, but the rest of it I liked. What didn't you I, like? I liked, I liked that uh, Chakotay wasn't really in it at all. <laughs> that was pretty tight. Uh, it's a shame, because I do like Robert Beltran. All right. Yeah. So my bottoms are, surprising no one, Ex post facto. Learning curve. I mean, again, it wasn't like an offensive episode. It was just a... Why? Yeah. And like, it's just... I didn't didn't care for it. And the cloud. Mm. Mm. The stupid fucking cloud. The cloud is the one with the lowest rating on IMDb. And that surprised me because I found it so inoffensive. It's not that it's offensive, it's just... Mm. It's sort of in the same category with, with learning It is stretched. I remember it being the one that was really stretched. Which, right? yeah. Which one was this again? What's Where they the had to suture a cloud because they stole coffee from its nebula. Yeah, oh, but okay, also... Yeah, the coffee nebula one. But also Michael Piller realized halfway through writing the script there wasn't enough plot, so he had to do a lot of character moments. Yeah. And anyway, saw a gecko. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that's right! Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I need to rewrite my list. 
What? That also had the, um... Janeway found her animal guide. Oh, ew. Was that also the one... It's the one where, where we first went to Sandrine's. Mm-hmm. A lot of random bullshit I'm happened. I remember what it was. Else. A lot of filler. It was very fillery. Yeah. That's not, it's not the same one with Delana. That... And, and uh, Jane. Oh, no, no. No, no, that's the one right... That's... Which was that? That was uh, Parallax. Parallax. Yeah. Where they're, yes. That's another Did we one just where, become best where, friends? They're, where they're stuck in the uh, in another situation. Yeah. yeah. So, my bottoms. Uh, time and again. Oh, mm-hmm. I like time and again. For me, it was just like... The little boy. <laughs> that's a big that part of it, not gonna lie. Boy. I fucking hated that kid. And, like, the fact that a lot of the time travel really didn't make sense but this time like we talked about it at the time it like does it <laughs> no i know but like i don't know it just it was particularly egregious this time i felt like and yeah i know i just it really i think most of it's the kid i'm not gonna lie <laughs> fucking Child. he was awful and the, the fucking burger king costumes and the fact that their clocks used roman not roman arabic numerals for some reason like really do you see that everywhere fuck? <laughs> i know that was really blatant there's no reason for them to have anyway Two, learning curve, just deeply forgettable, and again, just felt like a, I'd rather watch Lower Decks. It's a better episode with similar-ish kind of ideas. And there's actual stakes in that one. Yeah, 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 and you, yeah, like the characters, and I think Jake made a good point. Then I wasn't thinking this at the time, but what reinforced my belief, just the idea that, like, to have wasted the idea of the ship getting ill in this <laughs> and doing it that way. yeah. Again, though, these are both just, like, not actively bad so much as just, like, eh. Actively bad, ex post facto. Oh, yeah, accurate. Tell us how much you hated that dog's haircut. <laughs> Honestly, I was still just too busy being offended by the... Everybody else's haircuts. Oh, the featherheads. I mean, yes, the dog looked like it had fucking mange, I believe I said in the episode, <laughs> but... It, it le- yeah, no, no one had good hair in that episode that was from that planet. And you're, you know, one of your two main villains didn't have a name. You'd only have good hair if you were going bald. Yeah, seriously. Ugh, terrible episode. Yeah, not good. We have another season, and hopefully there's more good stuff in season two. We're going to be covering that next week. Ooh! So get ready next week. Oh, no, I, that's right. There aren't going to be good, good, good ones next week. Uh, next week we're covering the 37s, which you'll see why I'm perturbed when we discuss it. And I don't remember initiations, but we're covering that one next week as well. Okay. So that's going to be more Voyager Season 2, doing the thing. Uh, in the meantime, check out this whole list of uh, Season 1 episodes we were just discover- uh, discovering, <laughs> discussing, <laughs> Voyagering, uh, uh, on our Tumblr, sshbpodcast.com, or tumblr.com slash sshbpodcast. You can see the screen grabs of these episodes and like think about which ones you hated and liked. There weren't many. Good luck. I just can't wait to see what screen grabs you make. That's like the, my favorite part of this whole Aww. exercise is seeing what Ames grabs. Yay. We'll be fun. Yeah, so we'll, you can also check us out on the Facebook, on the Twitter, all over the internet. Uh, you can listen My to space. All, yeah, seriously. <laughs> you can listen to the other 240 episodes that we've released up on our SoundCloud. No, more than that, really. Yeah, and all in our 10 forwards and our other series that we've discussed in the past. God, we have so much content. Basically, 4,000 episodes. It's a lot of episodes. I'm shocked at how many episodes we've gotten through. Uh, In only five years. 
as of right now, yeah, uh, and this is with several we've recorded not up yet. Our total is two hundred seventy-four episodes. Wow! With our most recent actual posting being episode two thirty-seven, so we have nearly forty episodes of shore leave and ten forwards. Yeah, that sounds right. So check us out there. Check us out on the Google one, the Apple one. Give us five stars. We love five stars. And we will talk about this uh, next week. See you then. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is always Chris. All right. We're going to start our 10K now, guys. I'm turning up the gravity.